This episode of Reasonably Spontaneous Conversation is brought to you in part by Clay Boykin Life and Business Coaching, because we all get stuck at times. For more information, visit clayboykin.com. By Janelle Bean, for fun and engaging children's books with cute and colorful characters. For more information, visit janellebean.com. And by Wise Owl Organizing, simply set up for you. Organizing consulting and clarity coaching, virtual or in person. For more information, visit wiseowlorganizing.com. Hello, my dear friend, April Brandon. Oh, God, I've missed seeing you. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. It's so nice to see your face. It's been Boston, Boston, Boston. But I want to take you all the way back because we're going to be putting this on uh, the uh, you know, you're from Victoria when and because when I met you in Victoria, Texas, you were writing for the Victoria Advocate and you're so can, can you. Tell me about her then. Tell me about tell me about April then as you get a chance to look back on her now. When was that? Oh, wow. That was 11, 12 years ago when I left, because I think we've been in Boston for 11 years now. Right. So but so you were in Victoria for how long? Uh, five years. In five years. So, wow. So during that five years, what was that part of you as a writer developing? Because we were, I was uh, reading you and reading your comedy and reading the uh, the the part where. So can you talk about you then and and what what that was like as you look back on on her now? Yeah. Um, one thing: very uh, thin skin back then. Um, just. I let everything get to me, which I realize now is like, if you're making everybody happy, then you're not a very good writer. You're a boring writer. Yeah. Um, so, but I was also, um, how old I were you then? Uh, we moved there. I think I was 24. All right. So you're a 24 year old writer. You'd already known that writing was, was going to be your, uh, that writing was going to be a, uh, th this is a journey. This is part of what you've done where you fell in love with your, your, with writing. Yeah. Well, um, I always knew that like, I wanted to, to do this, to write comedy mm -hmm. and all that. And when I first got to Victoria, um, I didn't, it, it took me a while to actually convince them to give me a humor column. Um, but I had had one as an intern when I was younger and all that. And like every time I sat down to write it, it was like, it was just fun for me. And that's how I knew that's what I wanted to do. I was like, this is so fun. <laughs> it still is <laughs> when I get a chance now because it's harder now. But Well, that, that's what I want to ask because in the journey of a writer, in the journey of what, where you were going, so you you wrote these columns and you and you were learning about yourself and your and and did you begin to get that facility to get that comedy? Because I'm very interested in how people write comedy as opposed to perform comedy, because to be able to write it on the page is different than getting out on a stage and doing it. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Um, I don't know. It's almost like this might. Be similar to like people who actually perform it because I've never performed it but like when I write in that voice in my head it's an exaggerated yet slightly better yet slightly more ridiculous version of myself yeah. um 
And I think that's what I was developing when I was younger. Like, it doesn't have to sound exactly like me. It's like this bigger than life sort of, um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, <laughs> but you, don't you think, don't you think that that's part of the, that's part of the self-discovery process as a, as a comedy writer and, and, and being able to do it. So then, you, then you decide to leave Victoria, you and Ryan, right? Mm -hmm. And you decide yeah. to move to Boston. Yeah. And, and you took that with you and you began to do humor writing for, uh, there in Boston. So it was continuing on in that part of your career, right? Yeah, yeah. The newspaper I worked for, the the Advocate, let me continue my uh, column, and then along the way, I picked up a few other um, like magazines and newspapers that would run my column. Um, no, by no means was I syndicated, but it was nice, you know. Sure. I had, um, and being able to work from home, like not in a newsroom, um, one was really good because I think I took more chances when, you know, you don't, you can't see your editor sitting across the newsroom. And you're like, I wonder if I can get away with this. You know, you just let them deal with it um, unseen. Um, but also it's harder because there's a reason you do need editors and all that. And I realized yeah. looking back at some of the things I wrote when I didn't um, have, are you okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Got to keep them alive. We're talking yeah. about children here, right? I mean, we have That's children right. here. Make sure that they're alive. And uh, okay, good. We do make sure that there's the correct number that they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, let's say count them. Let's see one, two. Okay, all right, we're we're good. It feels like so much more. I have two kids, but it feels like so much more. Yeah, it's. <laughs> um, and I'm so sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's what also no, happens. No, that's okay. I mean, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just pick it up at the next station. All right, so now you're starting to write. Are you writing about diff differently? I mean, I mean, to, to actually to gestate a human being. Oh, I know. How did... What? It, 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 it needs to be heated up again, but I don't know what you're going to say. No, so I don't know what you're saying. Well, honey, you can heat it up, but take the metal out. Take the fork out. Yeah. You, you know how to use a microwave. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right. Basic microwave 101. Take the fork out. Okay. Step one. Just make sure that we, we have that. As long as we have that, we can get there. Right. Because I did once when I was a kid at the same age my kid is now, I put a metal bowl in the microwave. Nobody told me. And it was bad. So <laughs> just trying to be super mom out here, making sure the microwave doesn't blow up. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, so how do you deal with that? Because I mean, I think about, I think about that, uh, is, is that here you have, here you are a mom and you're starting to get a mom, but you still have this writing ability. I mean, we, we men, we like, okay, deposit sperm job done. Then we get to raise <laughs> la la later on. You have to gestate an entire human being. Yeah. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> what was that like? Um, it was the first, uh, like actual pregnancy or just yeah. like the whole, oh, yeah. Both the of first. them. I mean, all of it, because it doesn't seem like, I mean, especially now, uh, t today, as we're, we're talking about, we're talking about abortion rights, and we're talking about uh, family planning, and we're talking about all the things that do, and, and I'm going deeper and deeper and seeing that it ain't the same for men and women. Yeah, women have a different have a have a much heavier experience in this this entire process than we do. 
Yeah, I think uh, a big thing that I learned like with pregnancy is since it's so common, everybody just assumes that like, it's, you know, this mundane thing that women do. And I'm like, no, it is exhausting. And it is terrifying. That's the first thing, like, every time I found out I was pregnant, I, the first feeling was like terror. And then followed by like, oh, yeah, I wanted this. But it's also, yeah. it puts your body through so much. Sure. And and you, you're not in control of anything, like my emotions. I wasn't in control of my body. And I was expected to act like a normal human out in the world. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't act yeah. normal right now. <laughs> like, I hate everything. I'm tired, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's much harder on the body than mentally and physically than I think people talk about. Like, it's yeah. so... And to recover afterwards also shocked me. When I had my second, I, you know, had a toddler I had to take care of. And so I have this newborn that's just draining the life out of me. And we didn't have any family in Boston. So, you know, my husband has to work so we can raise these two kids. And I'd had, I couldn't, um, I was under doctor's orders not to lift up my toddler. He didn't understand, you know, and he's like constantly like up, up and, and just these things that you do. So it was like six weeks of just like pure hell, you know what I mean? And I couldn't like get, and like, we just had like, you know, well, go do it. Like you had this kid and it's like, it's moms are amazing and i don't think we talk i agree society in general like it's it's so hard exactly and and as 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 we're seeing this all right so now you have the kids in this that but there is still this career imperative this imperative to create not just to create life but the imperative to write and to be able to do so how how did you maintain that while you were beginning to, oh. to create this family yeah i was i'm very lucky my husband is amazing um and he always tries to get we me will call out. him ryan ryan yes my husband. thank you we will actually name him <laughs> we, will, we, we will we will name and and we will also show him your beautiful photograph and we will put that in oh. there to show to show exactly what what a, a gorgeous and rich uh life and besides i'm uh, i just want you to know how jealous i am about that I'm not jealous about the photograph i'm not not that it's just that 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 your i i seldom see people of great talent who were only have it in one area and so when i saw that when i saw that picture i don't think this picture that i'm showing right now on the screen is uh is such an example of the richness of your photographic ability so of your visual you know and considering that ryan is a graphic artist and all that uh he appreciates that but but that's the other part of it so when you now get an opportunity to continue to create how how does this having children affect this creative process um i think if uh anything it made me more focused because there was less time to do mm -hmm. everything right? yeah. and so i was really lucky that like i would um be able to because that's another thing like a room of one's own we didn't have that at our house but like my husband would take care of the kids sorry Ryan. <laughs> Yep. And um, and I would go to a coffee shop or even a park, just anywhere and sit. But then it really helps you focus. Um, and I'm somebody who's always like with my journalism background, really well work on deadlines and all that. And Me too. The Yeah. And the ideas, because every day with small children is just 
so unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. But because of that, I always had copy because <laughs> it was just a ridiculous train every day. But I love that. And I think it actually, my writing got better when I had kids because I realized, and it actually writing made me a better mom because I realized if I can laugh at this, if I can laugh at this, you know, it's so much better. Especially yes. to have a happy mom than a perfect mom. Oh, and God, yes. So, you know, I mean, that, so that really uh, helped me. Was because I always thought of you as coming in the Irma Bombeck lineage. Is that insulting to you, or is no, it? No, I love her. I grew up reading her, her and Dave Barry. So that's her, her and Dave, th those are the two. That's what I see as your as your parents, as your uh, you know. The, if they had a child, it would be April Brandon. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> so that that that. Uh, I've always felt that about you. And and so did did your subject writing change? Did you begin to see a a, a movement in, in, in what you were doing in your humor? Yeah, um, it definitely got like uh, whittled down to just like about my family. Mm -hmm. um, but there's so much that is universal about having a family. And that's what I realized, you know, because like when I was younger, I would sometimes tackle like big world problems or something like that, you know, like I would and I shouldn't have done that. That's not that's not what I'm good at. But like the little things that are like universal and and just things that like it's OK to laugh at this, you know. And so I found that like my focus shrunk down. But um so when you so when you did that, all right, now, now, as as you're going, are you deciding to continue with the column writing to be able to do that? Because those are the, the columns is that that pacing of what happens. Oh, yeah. OK, it's OK. It's all right. Just pick it up. OK, I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that? <laughs> did, so your focus had been column writing. Did you did you see it evolving toward toward uh, different forms, different formats, going to a longer form or whatever? And one of the things that I was interested in, because I saw you on Facebook uh, say something about, look, I'm going to take a break from writing. I'm going to step back, and I'm. Gonna, could you talk about that experience? Because I want to know what what happened and what was going on then. Okay, so. Um... 2020 everybody knows that year I made it through that year by writing and um and I think I did some of my best pieces because it was just I needed that humor to get through so I was writing and producing and there was also like it was a crazy time so um there was lots to write about and and just try to process but then in 2021 I hit a wall and it was just like emotional mental physical wall I couldn't do it anymore and I was like, nothing's funny anymore. The bad news cycle just like kept going faster and faster and faster. And there was no time to make comedy out of tragedy. There was just, so I had to stop because everything I wrote, I was just angry or really sad. And so, and I was like, I don't want to do that. I was like, I, I need to take a break so I can refill whatever the creative and I was just and everybody you know it's not just me but everybody was just so exhausted and and my kids needed me more than ever you know and um so I did so I stopped for about a year um and was I that scary 
Was that scary for you yeah. as an artist to be able to say, am I ever going to, am I ever going to pick up the pen again? Am I ever going to, how did you, how did you deal with that uh, emotionally and spiritually? Uh, yeah, I was, I had been writing weekly in some form or another, like a, a humor column or mm -hmm. a blog or something since I was 20 every single week. So it was a whole new experience. And guys, stop. Stop. Hey, hey, please. I need to do something with that paintbrush. What? There's more paintbrushes in the kitchen. Don't growl at me. <laughs> in her defense, I growl at her. So exactly, exactly. There, there is a. I mean, I, I, just, I, I love that. I mean, you see that. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was terrifying, and then I was like, I'm, I'm worried also as a mom that like, I'll. I'll never go back to it because there's so many times it's like I'll pick it up maybe when the kids are older. Oh yes, yes. So that. don't worry. We'll, we'll, yeah. I'll pick that up and and, and I'll define. Then suddenly, suddenly, ten years later, you know, there's a, yeah. Oh yeah. And like, am I like? And the worry was like for me, I was like, am I giving up my larger dream? You know. Um, but here's the good thing about writing is you can do it anytime, anywhere. And then things still. So it was good. I took a break because I had nothing. I couldn't even think of anything to write exactly so, and then after about a year i would start making notes again like i used to i wasn't writing full columns but i was like this is kind of funny and ryan would be like hey you should write about that and i was like maybe you know and now i'm still not back to like weekly um posting on my own website because i also have a website that i post can you stop drumming baby um uh, but like i'm trying to do it like every two to three weeks now right because um, things are starting to be funny. And because I took that break, I'm actually, for the first time, dipping into fiction. I'm trying my hand at writing a fiction book and then a larger project where um, I take all these columns and blogs and funny things I've written about, like, my family and my kids over the years and kind of like a funny um, book of, like, parenting essays. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not a great parent and you don't have to be either, you know? Like... <laughs> What do we do with these things? Because um, I think when you're a parent, one of the most important things you can do is laugh. Because otherwise, you're crying, eating chocolate, and the. It is, and and that's the whole thing. I mean, I want one of the one of the the things that I the one of the wisest sayings I've ever heard was, if it's going to be funny later, it's funny now. Oh, I love that. I like that. So I mean, that really helps me to have some perspective when when something you know like the shit has hit the wall something has happened everything's on the ground you go yep if it's gonna be funny later yes. it's funny now and let's try like to that. yeah I, I it's it's really helped me to have some uh to have some perspective so you now have a manuscript that you're working on i love the title of it tell me the title of it again i saw it on Oh, I don't know um, that that really is just the working title. Like, I love the, the working, but the oh. working title is what I love. Tell, say the working title, please. What was it? Uh, uh, hopefully. Oh, I can't even remember what it was. Uh, Wait, um, oh, a hopefully above average novel. Yes. But yeah, exactly. Um, extreme rough draft edition. That's where we're at right now. Um, it, but it's. Uh, yeah, that's actually been really fun too. I haven't done much fiction writing in my life, so I find it's it's really fun. Actually, it's um, yeah, 
how cool really... so how is the how is the confidence coming back have, have you have you felt the the difference in that uh beginning to come back yeah when i first uh wanted to post something to my website after a year i had uh my friend melissa who's also a writer um, I was like, can you just read this? Like, I was like, I'm worried that I lost my touch, you know? And she read it and she she was like, there's only two things I would slightly change. And she was like, but you still got it, you're fine. And that was really nice to just be like, oh. but it's nice to have somebody that you can like, be like, do I suck? <laughs> and they'll be honest with you, you know, everybody. Yeah, knows. Um, exactly. And so, I mean, for, to be able to have friends that be able to support us and be able to say, here are where, here's where your strengths, here's where you're doing it, here's what you can shore up, and here's what, what, what you can do. What is fun about fiction writing? What do you what do you like? Are you developing a character that you want to want to follow? Because I've got we I get a chance. I read aloud to Melissa every night. So I, you know, I, I do. So, so we've read, I've gone through all, you know, mystery fictions and all right now we're doing, a, doing, a, I'm reading a book called Orphan, The Orphan Train. So, uh, and, and it's a, it's a, a, a wonderful novel. And, but, but, you, but a lot of the, the writers write a whole bunch of series books in this. And so what's, what's this one, first one starting has? Oh, so, and I don't want to say too much about it because everything. No, 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 I don't, no, I, I don't, I, again, that, all right, let me ask, all right, can I dial back for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I find that if I talk too much about a project, I won't do it. So I have to keep some under wraps so that I keep the creative process going. What's yours like? Um, like, what's my process like, or what's. Yeah, your process, your creative process. Um, so since this is my first, um, foray into kind of sitting down for the, the first time in like, cause I like in fits and starts, I've tried to like write novels. Right. But I never got much past like, uh, 6,000 words. Right. So like now I'm at like 72,000 and I found the key to writing is you sit down and you write, <laughs> which sounds like duh but i was no. like i want to publish a novel and then i never sat down and actually wrote a novel so it makes it really hard to publish one um but what i like is if you just let go just like completely let go and just like write and you're like i'm going to embrace that this is bad this is a bad first draft i'm going to embrace that and then it just kind of it just comes and i've never had that before like in long form anything where it just like i'm writing and i'm like oh this character's doing this now how fun and it kind of, you just let the characters do whatever they want to do. I've never experienced that before. It's really trippy. Um, so, and and we'll see like when I go back and reread it, just how like, you know, awful it is, but you can't make something better until it's- Exactly. How do you deal, how do you deal with self-criticism and your own, so that you keep, because again, like you had to show this to your friend and your friend goes, yeah, you still got it. But deal with that self-criticism because there has been a, um, both of us like the self-deprecating kind of humor, like putting, I mean, that's, that's part of it. But the danger I find about it is that we will own it more than it really is than standing up and doing it. So that's a very delicate balance to walk as a creative artist. Yeah, um, I do find as I get older, 
that the self-criticism is, is getting so much better because I'm much more forgiving of myself than when I was like younger, you know, which is nice because I'm just like, oh, come on, kid. Like, and I even talk to myself like that. I'm like, come on, kid, you're fine. You've been through worse, you know, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just like, you know, and I keep reminding myself, you know, because I turned 41 this year. And so that's like, you know, big, big chunk of life lived. And I'm yes. like, okay, so now is the time to sit down and do what I'm like, do you actually want to like, write a book do you want to write a fiction novel then do it so as i get older i'm just like just do it because you know i don't know if i'm feeling the clock ticking or just and also i guess be a good role model for my kids i want them to see me doing something that i enjoy and not just talking about yes writing. someday i'm gonna write a book you know what i mean like right. i want to see the, them see me because is there anything like reaching beyond your grasp you want them to do that, right? To be able to mm -hmm. reach beyond what they feel is their abilities. And so that you get, how do we get better? How do we get better if we don't do that? If we, if we don't reach beyond our grasp and be willing to, I'm 74 this year. This is my opportunity. This is my opportunity to be in the most the most uh, fecund, uh, completely uh new and 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 learning processes I possibly can be. I, I want this to be my most creative, joyful time that I can be, which is, means I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to make challenges. This, I'm going to have challenges. I'm going to go through the process. I'm going to ups and downs and my own vulnerabilities. I love that. You know, Absolutely. that's what we're doing. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to talk because you inspire me, April, your, your, um, your commitment, both to life and your commitment to, 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 to your family and your commitment to maintaining your artistic integrity and finding your comedy voice, because that's really that comedy voice. I, I remember the very first time I got up on stage, I was in in uh, junior high school and I did a the, the, there was a comedian who a stand up comedian named Bob Newhart uh, that uh, and he did a button down the mind. These were on records. And so I memorized his routine and I got up in front of the, of the at, at a talent show and I did his routine and the entire audience cracked up. Now, listen, I have done every pharmacological uh, thing that you can do that does not injected. Never had a high like that. <laughs> there is a high to making a group of people laugh that absolutely is a... And, in the human writing and being able to know that somebody is laughing and, and smiling and doing, oh my God, what, what a lot, what a delight. It is. Yeah. That's why I always, cause I always credit Dave Barry with like help Cause I discovered him when I was a kid yeah. and he just made the world so much lighter. You know, yeah. when I was depressed, I would seek out his column. Cause I was just like, he, he'll make it manageable. You know, if you can laugh at something, it's manageable. And so the fact when people tell me like, oh, thank you so much. You know, I laughed and it really made my day and now I'm in a better mood. And I'm like, oh, that's all I ever want. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't it make all hard. the difference? It's, yeah, oh, it's, it's it, it is. 
It is. I mean, because there are a lot of changes. I was thinking about that, April. Do you? I mean, I don't know that 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 the world has ever gone through the delta, the speed of change, as we have gone through in this past ten years. I'm talking about getting into getting into the entire uh, the, the, this entire reality. It's moving faster and continuing to accelerate. I'm not sure that our consciousness is is wired to move that quickly. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's where some of the stress that, that that some of the stress that you were feeling during during that last year as you were catching up as you were being able to being able uh, to to do that. Yeah, it was just I needed like a year long deep breath because also in, like you said the last 10 years my oldest is eight so you know like and i was pregnant at nine and like it did seem like the world was falling <laughs> changing and like all these things and i brought a family into that you know so yeah. um but it's, it's yeah it's terrifying <laughs> it, it is but to, it is but but to see their lives and when you look at the the individuals that they are and their own personality emerge their own personalities emerging their own proclivities their own interests their own wow what what's that like oh it's uh i i feel really really lucky that i'm able to uh be able to do something where i still get like a front row seat to their life every day you know that's amazing to me um because i read something there's um like as parents there's some parents who like love babies there's some parents who like do better with the older kids and they're like but as a parent what you should do is just embrace the entire raising of a human being from like the beginning to the end and just like what a privilege that is to like watch this human being right before your eyes so um so when i think about that i get a little yeah teary because it is amazing and they're they're turning out great which is i don't know how much I have to do with that. I think they're right. just great uh, on their own. Um, but they're just, and they're, they're six and eight now. And it's a really fun time because they're, I just like to sit and talk with them, right? you know, and like, they tell me every brain thought that they have ever brain thoughted. Right. And, but I love it. I love it. Yeah. And but they're fully developed intellects. One of the things that I that, that that I never do is I never talk down to a child. I talk to them as if they are an entire human being. They may not have the vocabulary, they may not have the uh, they may not have the experience, but they get. I talk to them as human beings, as the hello there, who's driving around in there? Welcome, glad yeah. you're here. Welcome to the planet, little one. Good for you. Let's let's go on this together. Tell me what's your what are the things that interest you? What what are you curious about? How are you growing? Tell me about it. And and they and they do. And they relate as human beings. I mean, they are they're, they're, That's one of the things about children's literature. Children's literature has to be good literature. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not a call. We do not write down, talk down to to children. All right. Here's what I want to do, uh, April, April Brandon. Uh, to I want to continue to have touch points 
along the way, assuming I am still on the planet, have touch points along the way of what you have learned from the time that you are here at 72K, words uh, on, the, uh, on the novel, where you're going, how you're going, and, and you know, I wanted to do publication before your, your birth. I told Melissa, I said, she's gestating again. Uh, so she, she, she said, don't use that term. I said, well, I'm going to try it anyway. Anyway, so this is she's in the middle right now. So she's uh, going ahead and, and bringing this this uh, this wonderful uh, this wonderful piece to term. <laughs> I love that because it does kind of feel like that. Sometimes. Or I've actually heard other people. Once I'm done, I'll let you know. But I've heard other people say it's akin to like giving birth. Yeah. To like publish a novel. Yeah, and I mean this this is what you're doing. But anyway, congratulations and thank you for going uh, for continuing your friendship all these years and your and and for for modeling for me being willing to risk being willing to put the words on the page being willing to get out there that's what i needed i needed you today so that i can continue to be uh be part of the process when i get down when i get down i can always know i can dial up april and say come on april pick me up tell me what you're going through and we can go go through there as as we have uh, as we have since we've met and i and i so appreciate you doing this Oh, of course. Thank you. You always make me feel so fancy. Thank oh, you're fancy. What fancy? Don't, 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 don't you? I mean, I love, I love having my fancy tickled. Shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't we all have our fancy tickled at times? I mean, it's, we really need that. <laughs> From time to time, we all need a good fancy tickle. <laughs> This episode of Reasonably Spontaneous Conversations has been brought to you in part by In Search of the New Compassionate Male. For more information, go to newcompassionatemale.com.